You are listening to Mind Over Myth, a podcast about creativity. Hello and welcome to episode three of Mind Over Myth. Um, in this episode, I have a chat to Lucy Roloff, who is both an illustrator and a musician. So she's got two arms to her creative bow. And this chat is from about a month ago, um, partly because I got a bit overwhelmed with my crazy song a day songwriting project, but also because um, I've been saving it up because we have a gig together on Monday, the 15th of May, so this coming Monday. So if you are in Melbourne and you feel like listening to some of Lucy's music and some of my music, please um, come down. We'd love to see you there. And in the meantime, enjoy the chat. I am here with Lucy Roloff. And Lucy, do you want to tell us a bit about who you are, what you do? Yes. Um, so I'm a musician and illustrator. Um, I play mostly, I guess you'd call it folk music. Yep. Um, I still can't find a better term. Yeah. Yep. I understand that. You know, that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I do freelance illustration as well. Cool. Um, so they're my main two juggling yep. acts. Yep. Yeah. Um, what's your background? How did you end up where you are now? Um... In terms of um, music, I started that very young, so about four or five years old. Yep. Yep. And I started um, piano and was in a choir. Um, and then I played a bunch of instruments growing up, like yep. um, cello, violin, flute. Yep. Just sort of always yep. doing different stuff. Um, and then, yeah, when I was about 12 years old, I left the choir and I took on um, pr- private singing, trained mostly in classical opera. Yep. I did that for a few years. Um and yeah, I only kind of did music up until year 11 or 12 formally, yeah. theory yeah. and whatnot. Um, and then when I went to university, I decided to do um, a Bachelor of Fine Arts and cool. I majored in photography. Okay. So I kind of did a bit of a flip. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. It's interesting yeah. how people have that creative, like creativity can kind of go in many directions. Yeah. And so do you still do photography or you've kind of more exclusively illustration? Um, no, now? I don't really do photography at yeah. all. I actually did a bit of fair bit of drawing and painting yeah. in uni and I realised that was my yeah. sort of yeah. strength, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I moved into mostly being a self-taught um, drawer is not a word I'm told, but yeah. <laughs> illustrator. <laughs> yeah. Um, drawing, yeah, self-taught. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, just heaps of practice, lonely nights yeah. in my early 20s. Yeah, cool. Um, just, you know scratching away <laughs> yeah cool and did you do you have a creative family is that was that yeah my dad um, I mean my mum's very creative yeah. not formally but yep. she's you know creative in her life yep. um but my dad um yeah was an opera singer as well oh, okay. and he is from Germany so he sang in a lot of um choirs and productions yep. in Germany and then moved yeah. here and he's yeah he's 80 almost 83 and he's in the um German male choir oh, which awesome. actually practices somewhere around here yeah um yeah so he's still doing it yeah um and yeah I've got a few um siblings who are musical as well yeah okay there's a few of us yeah did you find that it was quite that was encouraged and that you kind of took to it because of the encouragement because I guess it can kind of go like either way like sometimes you want to rebel against your parents and you don't want to do like if they're really pushing you to do music but it sounds like you had a more like for you it was like an encouraged absolutely yeah I think um when I was five I remember my 
um, parents coming home with a pamphlet for the yeah. Australian Girls Choir and I think it, originally I just didn't know what it was. I yeah. kind of raged against yeah. it. But, um, you know, they knew that I had some sort of a bit, a bit of, I don't know, inclination towards yeah. singing. So yeah. that was all good. Um, but, yeah, there were, like, numerous occasions where I rebelled or yeah. I tore up piano yeah, yeah. music. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, I think when I was 12 was when I really put my foot down that I didn't want to do the choir anymore because yeah, okay. it was just too much. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that kind of took me to another part. Yeah. So it ended up being positive. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I see a lot of my, like the kids that I teach, they have so many hobbies. Like oh, they'll do, yeah. they do music lessons and sport and yeah. like one of them was doing sewing classes, oh sewing God. lessons as well. And it's, <laughs> it's kind of, I find it quite hard as a teacher because their focus is really split, but you also don't want to yeah. push people too much when they're younger because you want yeah. them to find their own path. And if you really push something, they can start to hate it. It becomes oh, a chore rather absolutely. than, yeah. And it became like that, like practice became such a chore and I think I still have a conflicted relationship yeah. with practice because yeah. of yeah. that yeah. Yeah. Okay. stigma behind it but um, yeah I think I was uh, yeah I think it. I found it quite tricky to be um, I don't know to be uh, doing so many things and I you know I did sport as well yeah. so you know you're doing like five things a week yeah. what do you focus on but yeah. I definitely remember having what teachers on various occasions saying Lucy a jack of all trades you need to master yeah, one of them yeah and I just I don't know like at the time I, it kind of freaked me out and now yeah. in hindsight I think oh actually I'm glad I had yeah. that chance to yeah, explore all those different things that's how I've always mm. felt because I've done yeah I did textiles before I did music so it's kind of I that's guess, right you're also maybe, a jack of yeah. all trades yeah and I always <laughs> I was always really envious of people who just knew exactly what they wanted to do like I have a friend yeah. who is an animator and that's just kind of what she she loves it and that's what she wants to do and she doesn't have to she doesn't have to like think very hard about which path she wants to take and that was like this really envious thing and even my partner he's like just his music is his thing and he's what he's always been into and he's never really had to had to question whether he wants to do music or do some other creative thing or do something not creative at all absolutely it's so enviable I know exactly what you (laughs) mean yep so now you're doing both music and illustration yeah so how would you say they take up kind of an equal split of your of your life at the Um, moment I'd say I kind of uh, I I, I tend to sort of jump between the two yeah so yeah yeah in one day I might jump between the two yeah um but in terms of I guess yeah, I guess things like making money is a drive yeah. and having yep. commissions is yep. a drive. Yep. So um, illustration can take up, you know, weeks at a time. And yeah. then I sort of look at my poor guitar yeah. in the corner. And... Yeah. <laughs> so is illustration your main source of income? Or could, like if we're thinking illustration and then music versus so, music? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, I suppose it's just the style, of the, the, the way that I do music. Um, I, you know, I don't teach, I don't play, um, I don't know, I don't do tour I don't tour yeah. or anything like that so yeah. the money making is um a little bit harder yeah a lot harder yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah in illustration you just you can charge more like yeah. well not charge more sorry you can make more money yeah because, um, there's more there's opportunities more and there's and... lots of commercial work that you can do as well yeah so. commercial work is a good one so yeah. it's good to have and then you got little like commissions on the yeah. side but um yeah. yeah I think I kind of made a promise to my well, not made a promise but I sort of realized quite a while ago that if I was doing music for money I'd be a very sad girl <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah. it's definitely hard because that's what I I do that like music is my yeah main source of income yeah. now but I have to separate the kind of income 
streams from my creative yeah. streams how do you, a do, do you, you have to consciously do that or is um, it a little bit like I find mm. teaching feeds into the work that I do like my own creative work because yeah. you sort of the better you are at teaching someone kind of the better you are at doing it yourself as well sure. and it, it helps you to think out like um I guess break down problems so if you've got a beginner who's mm. trying to work on songwriting which is you know it's a really difficult thing to teach it really forces you to think about your own process and and try and like break that down into little chunks yeah so it all feeds into into the other but then there's you know sometimes when you just the money making side takes over and you've got no headspace left for yeah the creative side which you probably yeah found as well absolutely yeah and it can be so hard to i don't know at the end of the day if you've just been teaching you're tired and yeah to come back and try yeah. and make something yeah as you've probably experienced with your song change yeah project. yeah for um, sure it's daily creativity yeah. and sort of keeping yeah. on top of that yeah and i think that that kind of having like for me i've got a deadline like of this you know one song per day which is keeping me on track i think if yeah. i didn't have that it becomes quite easy just to fall into the routine of of doing things like doing your kind of money making jobs and for sure yeah yeah so i don't know do you have um so you've got a couple of projects you've got a you're working on a new album yeah. now yeah so that's kind of keeping you musically creative it is, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But, you know, again, there's no one banging down my door saying, no, where's yeah, that album, yeah. you know? So yeah. it is a, you have to yeah. remind yourself yeah. um, uh, to sort of get into it. Yeah. And, you know, I've definitely had weeks at a time where I haven't even yeah. really thought about it yeah. and this feels terrible. But yeah. <laughs> so when you, um, like, how do you feel when you kind of, does it, does it kind of impact on your, I guess, general well-being when you feel like you haven't been creative enough or you haven't been working at the things that you want yeah, to work I at? Yeah, I think so. I think sometimes, because I'm usually drawing most days, um, yeah. that sort of keeps me connected yep. to the creative source yep. or whatever you want to call yeah. it. But um, I definitely, uh, I don't know if you get this, but for me, music is so much more personal than illustration. Yeah. And yep. so if I'm not seeing to that, there's that voice in my head saying, who are you, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, and that can be quite a bullying voice, yeah. I think, whereas yeah. with illustration, I'm a lot gentler on myself because yeah, I know okay, it's that's... not my identity. So yeah, much. that's yeah. interesting because yeah. I've had to work to separate my identity from, that's right. from yeah. my music and I've, I'm kind of working quite hard at that, that it's just like it's kind of treating it more like a job than yeah. than a real, like it's still a personal expression, but it's not like, it's not like I have to... Um, express something that's kind of directly happened to me I guess like that kind of confessional songwriting thing which is it's pretty common in folk music yeah because I found when I was working like that it just was unsustainable absolutely because... I think you saying that really sparked something in me when I heard yeah. I think it was on your first um episode yeah, yeah. you said that like the divide of the personal and the work and yeah. um, I think it's yeah for, for sustainability it's probably yeah. crucial yeah and it can I, it can be quite like I don't know if you find when you're working on a song or something and if it is quite personal, it's it can be really draining to actually yeah. get that kind of like get the song out and then yeah. sometimes not not you're not better off having done it. You, it makes things worse. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, I think with the album I did before, because it was my first album, yeah. it wasn't even like the subject matter or anything. It was yeah. just the fact that it was my first yeah. thing and it felt like, oh, God, I've been doing this since I was five. This yeah. is my first yeah. time to show yeah. the world. And yeah. so much pressure, yeah. unnecessary pressure. But um, with this one, it's perhaps more autobiographical, I guess. Yeah, okay. But I, 
but maybe yeah i have more stuff in place it's like it doesn't matter just put it out yeah and do this yeah stop making it so yeah it's interesting yeah. after you've done done that because i found found that with my first album as well that there was so yeah. much pressure but then once you've kind of got it out then it's like it doesn't matter anymore no, and then the next there. thing that comes after it is you sort of you freed yourself from that that pressure absolutely yeah it's very liberating yeah and then you know it's out in the world you can't control it anymore which yeah is perhaps where the um breath of fresh air comes from because you you know it's not your control yeah and that's yeah. fine <laughs> and you've put a full stop on it like you yeah yeah, yeah. it's up to other people how they yeah. receive it now yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you released your album probably around the same time that I released mine. Yeah, I think. was it like July? Of, yeah, July yeah. last year. So that's how we sort of met through, yeah. um, well, I don't know, we were just both on yeah. the airwaves yeah. at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how did you find that, The I guess maybe the process of, of working like towards the album and then, you know, what happens after the you've kind of finished that project? Yeah. So me, you mean like the release? Yeah, I guess mm-hmm. so. Like, so, I mean, with any, like you've kind of got the creative project and there's such a build up, like you're working on yeah. writing the material and then producing the album and then yeah. it kind of doesn't, doesn't stop even for a couple of months after, cause you're working on all of the promotion yeah. and stuff. And then there becomes a point where it's, it's over. And like, as you say, you've kind of like, you're no longer in control of it. Yeah. And just maybe how that, how you kind of, if there are any challenges or if you found that that liberating or yeah I think um I, th- I think there was a bit of a gap between release when it was finished yeah. and mastered and when yeah. we released it um yeah and I think I guess because I was on I released it on the Lost and Lonesome label yeah um so uh you know I had help and but there's yeah. all the aising and all that stuff and also um pressing to vinyl that took yeah. ages yeah okay you know? so <laughs> sort of waiting around yeah. for it to happen yeah. um yeah, so I think it was good to have help with the release. Definitely, yeah. it was like so good to be part of a community and yeah. um, to just have logistical assistance, yeah. and emotional assistance. Because yeah. so often, yeah, it's just, sure. like with my EP, I was like a lone ranger, yeah. and yeah. you know, friends help in yeah. however way they can. Yeah, but, um, yeah. So I found that it was quite um, yeah daunting to release it and sort of keep on top of things and check which emails went yeah. where and. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's such... I don't know. I feel like you just have to, like, change mindset. It's yeah. It's sort of like shifting gears. Yeah. Like, okay, all the fun stuff's done. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> um, into business mode. Yep. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't... I didn't really play many gigs after I released the record, which maybe I should have yeah. to sort of do some sort of a tour, but... It's sometimes hard yeah. because you've poured so much emotional energy into that, that kind of... Yeah. And then to then... Because... It's not like you just turn up at a gig. You've got to organise the gigs, and there's a lot of right. kind of admin and work that goes into that. So yeah, and I think often when you've done, you're done with a record, there's just that, you know, you breathe the sigh of relief, yeah. and then to think that daunting thing of having to get back on the saddle and yeah. do so much more work yeah. to get it out there. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a lot to ask that musicians be these business minds and also yeah, yeah. You know, I know. Work. It's I know it's really hard, hard. Mm. and it's but it's kind of necessary in in the world today because absolutely if you, unless you've got a lot of money to pay someone that's right to, you know pay a publicist and pay like a even a, even a manager like if you're not earning yeah you got big bucks from your music then, yeah you gotta have all the yeah. hats on <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much and i talked about that mm. in my last podcast i think with dan about how right. a lot of um he does works in community projects and there's a real diy yeah kind of like all hands in yeah thing with a lot of those projects like everybody just 
does everything because you have to. Yeah. But for him, he works in, in um, collaborative projects. So there's always, like you say, there's that kind of team behind you and, yeah. and emotional support, which I think makes it much easier than being a solo musician who's sure. just doing it on their own, which was, that yeah. was my experience because I just released my album independently. Yeah. So yeah. What was your experience with the post-album release? Like, did, did it freak you out or did you feel prepared? A little bit. I just, yeah. I think I am, um, I think as you put so much, like, you you know, you put so much of yourself into the into the work and you're really proud of it and then you work so hard at, like, trying to push push the album and then maybe it doesn't make as big an impact as you, as you yeah. kind of hoped. I mean, sure. like, it's not like it, it, it didn't make any impact at all, but I think mm-hmm. there's, like, there's kind of this sense of of like you you know put all these hours in and then yeah. what happens you're just left with some boxes of cds yeah <laughs> and then unless you keep doing the work you're that's that's kind of all you've got is these boxes of cds yeah because yeah. yeah i released an ep years and years and years ago and i never really released it properly and i've still got boxes of those cds yeah isn't it, it funny dust yeah, collecting yeah pretty much and i yeah. i haven't even i think i put one song online because i'm still too like everything else is just kind of hidden away yeah oh look i think yeah. pretty much every musician yeah. i know has that dusty yeah. box yeah. under their bed it's just <laughs> yeah um it's almost like a rite of passage yeah i think so yeah. yeah it's i think that's kind of interesting like because you've you did an ep before yes an album and i'm guessing yeah. you've got like lots of other little like home recordings that you've kind of yeah i did a little done. demo i think oh, 2010 yeah and that was the first thing i ever recorded but god i put myself through hell just to record yeah. that it was just i just went to my parents house when they were away and yeah. i sat on the floor in the living room and yeah. recorded it and it was just you know it was so easy but to just start yeah. took me so much yeah. and i didn't really do anything with it it yeah. was just something to have at gigs yeah well that's pass out. that's yeah. the one thing that i found now that i've got an album is that you've got a physical kind of like it's kind of like having a business card or Absolutely. something that you can yeah. give people to show them yeah. what you do. Yeah. Um, maybe it would be good to talk about how your like musical voice has evolved. Yeah. That would be kind of interesting. Have you felt have you felt a change since you started? Yeah, definitely. So just my general Yeah, just your maybe yeah. your style or how you've definitely to where you are now yeah for sure I can remember many little like landmarks in along yeah. the way but um yeah I guess singing in choir and opera sort of primed me to have some sort of technique yeah um I'm pretty pretty lax with it now I think like I think the way I sing now is kind of the way I've naturally just sort of I don't know, any, like, technique I'm using is something that's been ingrained yeah. rather than something I consciously practice, yep. which is probably not a great thing. I should probably yeah. have lessons yeah. or something but um, to just keep it going. But, yeah, I in the very early days of songwriting when I was, I don't know, 16 or 17, I was I had a lot of songs. I probably had, like, an album's yeah. worth. Thank yeah. God, I never released yeah. <laughs> it. But I was – the way I sang was sort of – yeah, it was kind of going with what was in fashion, like that kind of – um, sort of st- not strainy sound, but very breathy and yeah. American yeah. accent. Yeah, and yeah. I remember my dad and my sister at separate times taking me aside and saying, "Why do you sing an American yeah. accent, or why do you sing with that sort of breathy yeah. thing?" And yeah. my dad said that recently. He's like, "Yeah, you used to kind of sing along with what was in fashion, and now it sounds like you've got your own voice." So yeah, I'm very grateful that I've gone through that. Yeah, I so, think that's yeah. that's a really a thing with singers because yeah. I found like even even studying there was a big emphasis from one of my teachers in particular on 
singing with whatever your kind of natural voice is yeah. and removing any of those like little affectations. Absolutely. And I find with some of my students, it can be really hard to make them remove that stuff yeah. because it's kind of like the voice that you've created is something that you're like, I mean, it's part of you because you're, because it's your voice, but it's also full of all of your influences and stuff. Yeah. And so it can be, yeah. And it can be really hard when people actually hear their own voice like yeah. they, whatever their natural speaking voice is in song because I mean we're Australian we've got Australian accents yeah. so yeah we don't sing you know we don't speak with American accents so no kind of it's always seems weird to me that people sing in in an American accent but it's just kind of a thing sure. and it, I think yeah. with a lot of the music that's released today people are used to hearing that kind of like one I guess um, homogenous voice that absolutely yeah and I think that that's the issue at that age and I mean I'm glad yeah. I explored that earlier yeah. on and not now because yeah. um you know it's I've had this this discussion with somebody recently about the affected voice and there are just fashions that come through yeah. like I won't name any names yeah. but there's a certain style and I just think to myself how can a dozen girls sing like this it is yeah. so unnatural there's yeah. no way that's your natural yeah. voice you're yeah. imitating um yeah. which is fine like yeah. that's their thing but for me, I just, um, I don't know, I think I would look back and sort of, I don't know, those styles just date. And yeah, so you just I end up saying so. like, yeah. you know, Björk or whoever. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, yeah, one exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's her yep. thing. I think so. <laughs> yeah. So when you were 16 and you were yeah, singing in that kind of yeah. um, fashionable voice. The fashionable yeah. voice, yeah. So I did a bunch of songs then. And I, I was very lucky my sister's partner has had a great like home recording. Yeah, setup, okay. And he really influenced me. Um, and he really, you know, pushed me to, to record this stuff. And yep. I'm so grateful to him because yeah. I would have had zero confidence yeah. back then. Um, so yeah, it's lovely to have these little, I don't know, almost like diary entries with my progression yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that age and sort of going on. And then I think, um, I discovered sort of, oh, I don't know how old I was, maybe 18. And I discovered, um, weirdly dire straits yep. and artists like, I don't know, Jewel, who's not yeah. super trendy, yeah, but okay. just sort of confessional yeah. and really just sort of, um, diary entry kind yeah. of lyrical yeah. stuff. And that just struck me. That and was my, yeah, that was the right. kind of thing that I was really into. Big Runga yeah. was my hero. Right. For nice. Yeah. Years. Yeah. I like Tori Amos too. Yeah. But then she got a bit metaphorical and yeah. just couldn't deal with it anymore. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, actually Tori Amos was a big influence too because she sort of had, you could hear her classical training. Yeah. And so I realized it was okay to yeah. show that and yeah. I didn't have to sing like whoever I was trying to yeah. sing like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The pop music. Yeah. Pop musicians. Um, yeah. So I suppose that's kind of where it developed and maybe, I don't know, since 2010 is probably where I feel like I've had the voice I have now. Yeah. Okay. Without trying or without yeah. it being. Um, yeah on purpose it's yeah. more just like a neutral neutral accent yeah. and <laughs> yeah um I don't know not affected I hope yeah. but maybe it is I don't I know it's don't really know. hard because I, I hope that mine's not affected but I know it is like you've still well there's going to be some in. element yeah, there's, yeah and also influence. like manipulating your voice is, is kind of yeah. a legitimate kind of vocal technique anyway of course so yeah. um how about your I guess maybe your your voice like as a songwriter so your kind of personal style oh, as well yeah, sure um okay so I guess yeah 16 was all very um I don't know tortured sort of yeah. stuff it wasn't even things I'd gone through I think it yeah. was just whatever was in fashion at yeah. the time you just sort of yeah. copy you yeah know? yeah like the raging affairs like, yeah I don't know yeah about that <laughs> um but uh yeah I think towards 
well, I don't know, even like I feel like I've developed since the last album, like the last album very much, um, I don't know, very focused on lyrics, but um, not necessarily things I'd been through. Yeah. And it was more, I don't know, I guess when I write songs, I kind of write not nonsense lyrics, but just sort of phonetic sort of stuff. And then yeah. that just happens to form into lyrics. Yeah. I don't know if you ever have this. Yeah, I do that because a lot yeah. of the stuff I I work like in these like timed writing exercises and you end up yeah. with really weird stuff that I never would have thought about if I was trying to write a song about me. But then, yeah, yeah like you say, they kind of form like the words have an atmosphere and a feeling just as much as the actual meaning of the words. Absolutely, yeah. So, so I think, yeah, I think the EP and the last album, there were definitely, definitely like um, moments about my life and my experience yeah. in relationships. But um, yeah, quite a few I sort of look back, I just think, what was that even about? I feel yeah. like it was more, I don't know, almost like poetry, like I was yeah. more painting a scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How did, do you feel Do you feel happy with that? Or do you sort of feel like you were I, being disingenuous when no, you... No, I feel like it was all natural yeah. and it all came out very yeah. organically. Yeah. But I do look back and I, I guess I feel less connected yeah. To the songs slightly, okay. or to their lyrics, because yeah. um, it's not necessarily something I've gone yeah. through. Whereas this album, I feel very invested in the lyrics yeah, okay. because it's, you know, telling a story yeah. or reflection. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting because I like I'm trying, as I said before, I'm trying to remove myself a little bit from the, from the songs because it's yeah. I find it easier, and less stressful and just less like, I don't know, just less emotionally draining. But there is that sense sometimes that. Yeah, maybe you are like. It's like not a genuine kind of self-expression, but then I have yeah. to think that it is still like it still you know came from you and it was yeah came absolutely. from your from your imagination if not your your life. That's so, right, yeah. and all other art forms seem to have that. Like you know, if you're a painter of landscapes yeah. or something, it's yeah. not necessarily. I mean, it, you might inform it yeah. emotionally, but it's yeah. not necessarily a direct depiction. Of yeah, your life. I know that's I, that's yeah. the one thing I find with. I know there's an article. Um, I read talking about Joni Mitchell and confessional songwriters yes, and how it's yeah. like, it seems to just be this kind of only songwriter, like only kind of female songwriters yeah. who have been branded with this kind of confessional, Absolutely. confessional label. Whereas yeah. like it doesn't, it doesn't happen so much for male songwriters and singers, but also other art forms. Like it's yeah. totally fine for an, a novelist to write a completely fictional novel and people don't dig into it and try and find out which parts are, direct like you know which parts are true from that novelist's life they understand that it's a that it's an imaginary kind of creation and maybe it's influenced by the novelist's experience in there yeah but it's not a direct like you know autobiographical thing but yeah yeah, somehow songs people just want to find the the autobiographical stuff in them absolutely and you're right there's that weird connection with the feminine which i kind of resent sometimes yeah i think Björk said something recently where she said you know, you don't have to just write about your boyfriends. You yeah. can write about science and yeah. space and yeah. women shouldn't just yeah. have to. I mean, it's yeah. mostly a female thing. Like if yeah. a female tries to branch out of relationships and stuff. Yeah. Though, to be honest, I haven't really branched yeah, no. out myself. No, not really. I, yeah. That's always like a big kind of, I don't know, Yeah. part of my songwriting. I think it's just what I like to explore. Yeah, and it's what I, I seem to connect with yeah. myself. Yeah. Um and that's fine. Yeah. But I totally understand the um generalization. Yeah. But yeah, that confessional thing like oh, it's so feminine and yeah. so I don't know, emotional. Yeah. I yeah. Think I've like I've recently realized um the word emotions has been used in like 
I don't know, half a dozen write write ups about my music. Yeah, okay. Um, not that there's like tons of them, yeah. but it's like okay, it's not really. Um, I don't know. I don't think I'm like hard on my sleeve. Yeah. But somehow that word finds its way yeah. in because yeah, I'm a lady. Yeah, maybe that's interesting. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe we should talk about illustration a little bit. Yeah. And um, so that's, I mean, you still do illustration for for pleasure, but that's yes. kind of you doing yeah. doing that for. For money as well yeah. how do you balance the two like i guess the money making and the and the creative side just with illustration yeah or just with mm. i mean maybe with life in general because you've got a job yeah. as well you work in part-time yeah i work in a um store um in northcote a couple of days a week which is yeah. really good it's good to have that balance and force you out of yeah. the house yeah um yeah. yeah so that's kind of my safety net money okay. um and then that allows me to yeah. be able to do illustration yeah. without the terror of um, making money because you know sometimes you can get a really good gig and then months of yeah. just little bits and pieces and yeah, it's a little bit scary. Yeah, to rely it is on. like completely yeah. freelance. Yeah, I don't life. know how people do it it's... unless they're really I don't know on top of their game. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have um, one of my friends who I spoke to for this, which I haven't um, released the episode yet. She's a, a freelancer. That's her. Yeah, and she works kind of across lots of different art forms. Yeah, but right. yeah. For her, it's like her thing is like it's either feast or famine, and you just basically oh, have to say yes to everything when absolutely. it comes because you don't you, know what's you coming. don't know what's coming. <laughs> so you end up with these periods where you're absolutely flat out, and then periods where you've got nothing, and you're kind of yeah. And I I find that the periods where you've got nothing, you're constantly spending that time looking for new work, and then sure. sometimes everything will just arrive at once, and yeah. then you end up back in the cycle again of you like flat out. And yeah, then, that's very true. Yeah. I I guess, yeah, the, the job hunting thing is funny. Like, sometimes I get in that mode where I'm like, oh, i got to find yeah. work. But then yeah. other times I sort of remind myself to relish those times of quiet, um, you know, as long as I'm not about to yeah. get evicted or something, yeah. I can, you can afford to have yeah. some times where you just yeah. let stuff happen a bit yeah. more naturally yeah. as you would pre-working world, you know, yeah. um, which is kind of cool and I think good to remind yourself you're allowed to do that. Yeah. But yeah, it definitely feels like the pressure is to just look yeah. or be working. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that's something I'm still struggling with. Yeah, myself. it's really hard. It's hard to balance the the freelance kind of money making aspects yeah. of of what you do creatively with Absolutely. the with the creative side. And I think that's like you say, having that that job two days a week, which is your safety net and yeah. money. And then if you've got that kind of regular income. You kind of you know that you've got that for your rent and your living expenses, and then everything else yeah. is sort of can come and go. There's not that pressure. Absolutely, I think it gives you a lot more freedom to play as well. Yeah, which I think in illustration and music is so important because if yeah. it's always rigid and always um, yeah, what I don't know whatever template you've had before, and you're not sort of yeah. trying new things. And yeah, it's really I don't know. It can just sort of make you a bit of a robot, probably. Yeah, yeah. So when you do. Um, I guess like commissioned work. Do you are you fairly selective in what you take on? Um, not really. I've sort of noticed that um, often the stuff that I feel resistance towards is stuff I'm scared of doing, and yeah. so I say yes. Because, yeah. Okay. So if I get a pitch to do something that's kind of higher stakes or yeah. it's for you know a big business or whatever, yeah. I my first thing in my head is not can't do it. I'm yeah. find someone else. I don't yeah. know what I'm doing. Yeah. And then. I sort of just sleep on it and yeah. never respond straight away. Yeah. And then, you know, I sort of let it, um, 
I don't know, feel the fear and do it anyway, I guess. Yeah. And just have a go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't... Selective, I guess, if something... If somebody emails me and says, can you do this for no money? That's yeah. maybe when I'm selective. Yeah, yeah because sure. Unless I, you know, love the person yeah. or it's, like, yeah. worthwhile or it's a great thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, you have to... I think I have to be selective somewhere because it's so much of music yeah. is free. So yeah. I think with illustration, I need to be a bit harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bring in that business mind yeah. a bit more. Yep. Yeah. But I, I kind of enjoy working across a range of areas. So I do pencil drawing, but I also do some digital stuff. Yeah. And I think, yeah, digital is probably more where um, you'd be doing stuff for bigger businesses. Yes. Like yep. animation. Yep. I've done a little bit of. Um uh yeah so not that selective yeah, apparently cool. <laughs> but it's cool yeah. the stuff you're not proud of you just hide away yeah and show well yeah <laughs> exactly you just don't put it in your folio yeah. and i think that's that's one of the things that people don't realize with creative work is that there's so much work that doesn't get shown oh yeah in the sure. background so yeah. like it always seems like you see someone who's really successful and you like all of their work looks amazing but they haven't yeah. shown you the oh god the, like, yeah the stuff they did when they were when they were just learning or just trying out a new technique Oh yeah, I've got. It's like the yeah. I don't know the CDs under the bed. There's yeah. also a big, yeah. big yeah. folder of drawings. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> no one's ever seen. Um, yeah. So, do you feel like you're still actively learning? Like, are you kind of? Yeah, totally. I think my style's taken a massive shift in the past. Gee, even six months actually. Yeah. So, just I mean, in my pencil drawing, I sort of um, was a lot more loose-handed, and now yeah. I've sort of embraced. I don't know, darker colors, for example. Yeah. And so I feel like that's a huge shift. So that's really cool to still be yeah. um, developing and yeah. to still not quite be totally relaxed yeah. in my style and yeah. still wanting to get yeah. further. I think mm. that's something that feeds into like the, maybe the jack of all trades kind of personality yeah. because if you've always got something new, like that's what I, I, I'm addicted to newness. That's yeah, kind of too. my, yeah. so if you've always <laughs> like with, with art and music, there's always new things to discover and new mm. things to be, to be trying so it's yeah like... sure i think even like the fact that i'm developing isn't necessarily that i'm um refining the same style it's yeah. almost like i've seen something or been inspired yeah. subconsciously yeah. and i want to try that and that just works better yeah. than what i was doing yeah um yeah so it's still yeah it's still that addiction to newness i yeah. totally get yeah. that as well yeah <laughs> yeah and i feel that with instruments i don't know if you uh, like yeah. learning new instruments well i, I took up the harp you're... two years yeah. ago just on yeah. a whim <laughs> So yeah, that's answered your question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's only now that I'm going back and sort of refining my technique because I yeah. just went, I just drove straight into yeah. it. Um, and now I've got to unlearn all my weird yeah, okay. techniques, you know. But you play a bunch of instruments. Yeah, yeah. Mainly, guitar is probably my my main. Like yeah, I feel sure. most comfortable with that. But I've picked up same as you. I just decided I really wanted to learn mandolin, so that was like so a great. total whim yeah. instrument. And I also, on a whim, decided I wanted to learn accordion, but that's that's like sitting oh under the bed with the CDs because okay. it's so loud, and I'm so yeah. bad at you playing have, it. You live in an yeah. apartment yeah. block. <laughs> yeah, I was practicing yeah. at uni in the practice rooms there, but I just. Yeah, right. I'm just so bad at it, and it's. I know if I practiced, I'd get better, but it's just. Yeah. There's so much going on. Like I can't yeah. even. It's just so ambidextrous or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, it is, and yeah. it's like I. I kind of I find the chord buttons okay because it, it's sort of like shapes like guitar chords. Yeah. But the piano hand, it's just really awkward because it's like a vertical piano, yeah. and the keys are not weighted, so they're like just plastic. Yeah. Plastic keys, and my piano skills are pretty bad anyway. So yeah, that's like. That's one thing that I, when I get some time, I am going to pull it out and That's start so practicing funny. again. <laughs> it's 
instruments. Yeah. One of the louder instruments. Yeah. That and bagpipes. I don't think there's yeah. like a mute, like a volume button. No, it's not really. You can play, you can play quietly, but yeah. only when you've had a bit of practice. Like I'm not skilled enough to play. The subtleties. To play, yeah. Yeah. Just play softly. Mine's just loud. What was your first instrument? Like, did you start as a child or? Um, I did. I did a little bit of music, but I was self-taught. Yeah. That's basically a self-taught singer and then yeah. self-taught guitarist. And then I took guitar lessons. Wow. And then went to uni and majored in voice. Yeah. So I auditioned on voice. And bef- I, I basically I'd never had a singing lesson prior to wow. going to uni. I'd had a couple, but I was really, really self-taught. And that was a, that was kind of a big, a big shift was going to uni and having vocal lessons yeah and you were like predominantly jazz right or that I studied jazz yeah Yeah. so it was based jazz and improvisation that was the focus of the course so there wasn't actually a lot of focus on vocal technique where like in a classical course you have lots and lots of focus on I guess that classical technique to be able to sing over and you need to yeah Yeah. whereas for like an improvising vocalist the focus is a lot more on I guess oral skills and like being able to vocally improvise over complicated complicated songs, which was like yeah. it's amazing for your musicality because you really develop a good ear. And yeah. it kind of – that was the one thing probably like when you talk about maybe like those kind of landmark moments mm-hmm. that pushed me out of my like folky kind of four-chord yeah. self and then I was exploring all this this other stuff, which – that was probably the biggest, like one of the biggest like moments of development in my own music. Oh yeah, it just opens up this yeah. whole other world for you, doesn't yeah. it? When you kind of break beyond the yeah. the template. <laughs> yeah, and I know there's a lot of people who feel that musicians, like like trained musicians, somehow inferior. Like like it's not your own yeah. your own voice. There's this kind of like I guess romanticism about the self taught totally musician. Yeah. But I like my experience has been that the more you the more you practice and the more you study, just the more options you have to work with and the better yeah. you are at your craft. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's I know that weird sort of yeah, stigma around being trained. Yeah. And I've even heard um, some trained in uh, sorry, some trained musicians from well, VCA or other places saying, yeah. oh, you know, you, you study and then once you're done you have to unlearn everything. Yeah. You just gotta find your voice again and yeah. I get it in a way. Yeah. But um I don't know, I feel like you, you need a bit of both or yeah I think something. so and sometimes yeah. some of the institutions they really push like a very specific kind of aesthetic yeah onto their onto their students and maybe perhaps that's what you sort of unlearning is this like is kind of you've been exposed to a like a really specific kind of music and that's the yeah. sort of music you're making which is sort of how I felt when I um released my album because it was it's kind of a jazz folk yeah record sure. and it didn't really like it doesn't really fit into the jazz world and mm-hmm. it doesn't really fit into the folk world. So it was kind of somewhere in between and I really had to think hard about what my music is and yeah. what my own personal voice is and how I can somehow fit it into the like the musical landscape yeah. now without compromising that. And I still don't think I've found the perfect. It's really tricky. Yeah. If you don't fit into a really solid genre, it can be yeah. scary yeah. To, to try and define yourself and... It's kind of exhausting having to, like, putting yourself know, in this, yeah. like, sort of capitalist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just let me do my thing. Please. I know, and it's sort of, I know when you're, like, sending out press releases and stuff, you have to have some sort of a genre or, like, yes. there needs to be a label on it because otherwise people have no idea what their... What's your thing? Yeah, what yeah. your thing is. But, yeah, yeah that can be... I know, I know you're sort of, like, 
in between. Your music sits somewhere in between. Yeah. I don't even know so what it sits in between. Yeah. I know it's, it's sort of in the folk world and yeah. that's fine. Like I yeah. have no problem with that. But then maybe I don't even know what folk is. Like I'm happy to yeah. be associated with like folk revival or yeah. British European folk, but yeah. then Australian, like American folk, yeah. not so much. And yeah, such a broad word. I know. Cause there's mm. like that sort of, there's a big resurgence in kind of Americana music yeah, at the moment, sure. which has seemed like yeah. that's a lot of what folk music is yeah especially in australia at the moment but then yeah there's kind of these other fringe fringe folk for sure yeah i mean it's a good way to lure people in who are a little yeah. bit skeptical like, yeah oh, i like folk i'll have a yeah. go and then yeah they might i find like that it the or... jazz world the jazz yeah. word was real turn off yeah for isn't that most funny people. yeah i don't like jazz it's too yeah. weird yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it can be so many different things yeah. um yeah. and I don't know. I think people should embrace kind of like these fusion genres yeah. because yeah. that's where interesting stuff comes yeah. out. Yeah. Mm. And I think it's like, it's quite hard to do it just on your own as well. And I think that's where yeah. like you had a label behind you who kind of champion, yeah. champion your music. And, yeah. and so they were sort of like, that gives what you do kind of an air of, of like, legitimacy sure and people might listen to it who usually would just think oh no yeah. I'm not interested yeah. in that and but if you're on a label they think oh, okay I liked that xyz yeah. on that label yeah. maybe I'll have a listen yeah. yeah and I think that's one thing I, I find difficult particularly in Australia because we've got such a small art scene and yeah. if you kind of need that champion behind your music particularly yeah. locally because then you can kind of use that as a stepping stone for overseas yeah that's very true yeah it is it's um yeah people more likely to take notice of you yeah you know i mean in terms of small labels as far as major labels go i think a friend of mine was saying to me that these days they're not looking you know for this underground person to become a star they want the person who's already got the fans and they'll just sort of like take them on and um yeah make some dollars yeah you know it's a bit um, cynical but that's sort of i guess just error that we're yeah. in right now because yeah. you can get pretty good without a label if yeah. you're sort of yeah. um you know got an internet presence yeah. and you play shows yep yeah and that's another thing that takes up so much time is that mm. maintenance of an internet presence oh yeah yeah it's... big time <laughs> i just gave up on twitter recently yeah. i just realized i haven't updated it in yeah. i don't know six months i just yeah let go <laughs> I yeah i find that you have to have like i can't maintain all no all my social networks like no. it's just you need you almost need someone to do that for yeah. you yeah the, i know that would be really job. nice well there are some people and that's yeah. their job yeah. social media yeah. manager it's how big a yeah i don't know just draining thing it is yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. um do you find that that's been a big like a help in your career is is the kind of social media presence is that has yeah. that helped your with illustration definitely yeah um music's a little bit trickier because um People need to invest a little bit more time yeah. to pay attention to you on social media, I think, yeah. or, you know, if, if you're posting videos or whatever, you know, they actually yeah. need to watch it or Yeah, the attention you. spans are quite short as well. I know sure. when you look at the stats of, of yeah. like, Facebook videos and stuff, yeah. the kind of, like, five seconds is sort of yeah. the... Most people make it five seconds and then, then turn off, or, like, 15 seconds if they're, if they're sort of engaged. Yeah, but, but even still, even if it's like totally yeah. fascinating to yeah. them, they can still yeah. gladly turn it off. Yeah. 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 So I think the visual stuff is really good on Instagram. And I've even gotten work through Instagram, yeah. which I did not think was not my purpose. Yeah. But yeah. it can be really helpful in the visual yeah. world. I think, um, I think in terms of being like networking, it's really good. Yeah. So there's yeah. people like yourself who yeah. I've become friends with yeah. through social yeah, media sure. because yeah. we sort of, 
released a thing at the same time, saw each other, added yeah. each other, and yeah. there's that connection, yeah. and that's great. Which is really nice. And I've yeah. it's similar things with other people as well, just kind of, yeah. it broadens your network to people who you may not discover. Yeah, and that can be um, people who hear your music as well, yeah. too. Like, yeah. if they see that you're associated with some act they yeah. like, they might yeah. check you out, and yeah. vice versa. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think the way it works isn't... It's it's hard to sort of force, but yeah. it just happens. I think so by being there. Yeah, I yeah. think so. And it's like there's always a there's a big difference between like when you look at someone's social media accounts, who's clearly like it's quite well managed by yeah. like by you know a, a company, and you can kind mm-hmm. of tell that it's not particularly genuine. That's right. Versus someone's account, who's like clearly like putting a lot of genuine thought into it. But I find that's what I find is like the most draining part about it is that you are like trying to be genuine and in yeah. like yeah and that's exhausting yeah you know, not every day is i don't know an on day you might yeah <laughs> yeah it's um and you know especially for you because you're posting every single day yeah. and that's part of your project yeah. at the moment yeah. i like admire that you can keep it up <laughs> yeah it's sort of it hasn't been every day the last couple of weeks because it's yeah. just been got a bit out of control but i am still recording something every day so that's yeah it's just I've had to kind of scale back, I guess, the like the blogging and the social media side of things because mm-hmm. that was the part of the project that was maybe giving me the most stress is like trying sure. to get all of that stuff. So I'm still writing, like writing music and – but, yeah, that's yeah. I still haven't figured out a nice way to manage yeah. that side. I mean, how far are you in now? How many songs? Nearly, uh, nearly three months, so nearly a quarter. Yeah. On, so, you know, give yourself the yeah. six-month mark. Yeah, I know. <laughs> to I have know. your routine established. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, it, you know, it all looks very professional and yeah. um, thought out, which is incredible. And I love that you are honest when you're feeling yeah. a bit down about it. You're not just like, yeah, just here's this other thing I've done. It's yeah, great. and I think that's, like, kind of important to me. And I think that's, yeah. like, these sorts of conversations, it's important not to, like, skirt over all of the difficult parts because oh and there's so many yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely I don't think I I don't know seldom have a meet up with another musician where it's not I don't know 75 (laughs) percent venting yeah yeah Um, not that we're venting but yeah um, uh yeah but um it's good to be honest about it because I don't know like I especially with social media people really are just seeing your highlights real yeah. most of the time yep. and um that can mess with people's heads if yeah. you just think you're seeing you know all this know. fabulousness yeah and... i know and it messes like i don't know if it messes with your head when you sort of yeah like looking at other people who are you know in similar industries and you yeah. kind of the comparisons oh. become really yeah absolutely really like just bring you down quite yeah yeah i think i have a bit of a like inbuilt um I don't know, thing now where I see, I can sort of sense it in myself. I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm getting that feeling now, I'll turn off Instagram. Because yeah. yep. yeah. it's not real and it's just an yeah. illusion. And, yeah. you know, I've heard interviews with um, illustrators and music- musicians who I consider to be very successful saying yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Like, no matter how yeah. high you go, you're still there's, yeah, there's always someone comparing. Yeah. Comparing and despairing. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what I was reading or listening to, but it was, yeah, like, I've maybe kind of a self-help sort of article but there's always yeah. like someone even if you are the best or like the yeah. world leader there's always someone better than you absolutely like, that you're you know 
going to make you feel bad. So Yeah, exactly. And I guess, you know, I mean, you know, they are better than you in some ways, but yeah. maybe in other ways they're not yeah. better than well, you. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which is a nice little reminder. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's just being a bit nicer to yourself. Yeah. Because, I don't know, like, you, like we were saying, it's such a lonely path. Yeah. <laughs> that, um, yeah, you can really be your own worst enemy if yeah. you're just in your head all the time. Yeah. Um, yep. you got to remember to just take that voice with a grain of salt, yeah. I think. Yeah. It's very biased. So yeah. Then, yeah. Cool. Well, I reckon that's probably good for our Great. chat. It's been lovely. Yeah. Um, what have you got? So you're recording an album now. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, I'm not recording yet. I'm doing your residency soon on to the music. Finish it yeah. off. Yeah. So I'm doing, like I was saying, just the bare bones arrangements. Yeah. Um, and then I assume I'll work with Roz and figure out some stuff and yeah. see what happens and sort of try and flesh out some recording yeah. plan. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then you've got social media, Instagram, Facebook, if yeah. people want to yeah. find your stuff. Yeah, what am I under? Just my name, Lucy yeah, Rolleff. Lucy Rolleff. R-O-L-E-F-F for Fred. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm on Facebook as well. Yeah. I guess, yeah, Instagram and Facebook are yeah. top cool. two. Cool. Yeah. All right. Thanks for having a chat. Thanks, Erica. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Lucy Rolleff. Um, please do go check out Lucy's work, both her illustration and her music. I'll put a couple of links to her social media and websites in my blog and in the description of this podcast. Thanks for listening and I will see you in the next episode. You have been listening to Mind Over Myth, hosted and produced by Erica Bramham. Our theme music is Two Acorns from the album Twelve Moons. It was composed and performed by Erica Bramham and features Nathan Liao on piano, Adam Spiegel on bass and Justin Olsen on drums.